ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد one time the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he entered the masjid and he saw that there was a man there and that this was at a time when people were not typically in the masjid it was outside of the expected prayer times and people would normally be busy with other things whether it was you know their version of a 9 to 5 at that time busy with work buying and selling in the marketplace busy with family it was an awkward time for someone to just simply be sitting in the masjid and the prophet immediately recognized this and one of the most beautiful aspects of this story is the emotional intelligence of the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam What's absolutely stunningly beautiful and amazing about the prophet he had this perfect and ideal balance between IQ and EQ. The prophet alayhi salatu wasalam didn't just have, you know, the smarts so to speak, alayhi salatu wasalam intellectually but also emotionally. So he had the best of both worlds and then they were also intertwined together. So in addition to having the best IQ and the best EQ, the fact that both were present in the same person at the same time and they were so perfectly balanced and interwoven is something very important for us to keep in mind when we go through the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. And you find numerous examples that show this, not just the 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 not just what he told people at times but also how he told them, how he spoke to them, what did he focus on? Right you have different examples of people coming to him different people coming to him and asking the same question or very similar questions asking the prophet generically for advice for one person the prophet may say keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah for another person he may say something else for another person he may say something else identifying who's asking him the question and then responding based on that so he he would take a lot of things into account when he would offer a response or offer advice alayhi salatu wasalam it wasn't he wouldn't just quote unquote shoot from the hip he wouldn't just wing it and you know figure it out on the spot it was very calculated and it was it was very precise alayhi salatu wasalam so the prophet enters the masjid and he notices that there's a man here right one of the sahaba he's here and it's outside of the prayer times it's a time when people wouldn't typically be there so the prophet approaches him and he inquires about his situation because he cares and the man he responds saying that I'm just I'm completely overcome with with worry and with debt the man he was he was honest with the prophet ﷺ. he felt comfortable enough to be honest and transparent with the prophet he didn't respond and say no 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 I'm good everything is fine everything is fine you know don't worry about it I'm okay he knew that the prophet had his best interests in mind and at heart and he felt like i can trust the prophet with the reality of my situation alayhi salatu wasalam because he knew about the character of the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam he knew about the approachability of the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam he knew about the kindness the compassion the mercy of the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam so he responds honestly 
I'm overcome with these two issues. I'm overcome with worry and I'm overcome with debt. So one thing is emotional and the other thing is financial. And the way the Prophet responded shows us a lot. The Prophet did not respond by criticizing him. The Prophet did not respond by getting down on him, by chewing him out and giving him a hard time. The Prophet did not respond by saying, aren't you a believer? How could you possibly have any problems in your life? That's not how the Prophet responded. He didn't respond by asking him, why would you worry about anything? Don't you trust Allah? What's wrong with your iman? Maybe your iman is weak. You need to go repent for such weak iman. The Prophet didn't respond in, in this negative and harsh way that at times some Muslims may respond with other Muslims, whether it's with friends or family members. The Prophet didn't get down on him and, and make it worse. Sometimes we do that to each other. It may be unintentional, but it's still extremely damaging. If a child, let's say a teenager, opens up to their parent and they say that I'm really struggling with depression, if the parent responds appropriately, then there's going to be a lot of good that can come out of that conversation, out of that situation. But if the parent responds by saying, how can you be depressed? You have food, shelter, and clothing, which are blessings. We're not negating that. But the point is that the heart of the human being is very complex. And even if a person does have those blessings, and yes, there should be gratitude for those blessings, whatever those blessings may be, food, shelter, clothing, clean water, education, the, the long list goes on, and we thank Allah for His blessings, especially Iman at the top of that list, even then a person may struggle with depression and anxiety. So if the parent responds in this example by criticizing their teenager who had to muster up tons of courage just to open up and say that to mom or dad, just to do that is a huge struggle. So let's say they get to that point and they, they, it's as if they're taking their heart out and putting it in their parents' hands. Save my life. If the parent responds by saying, how could you have, how could, how could you have depression or anxiety? What's, what's wrong with your iman? Go make wudu, pray to rakahs. Go read Quran. And that's it. Is wudu good? Yes. Is prayer good? Yes. Is prayer therapeutic in and of itself? Yes. Is Qur'an healing? Yes. Physically, mentally, spiritually? Yes. But these things are an extremely important, the most important slice of the pizza, but it's not the whole pizza. If somebody is hungry and they say, hey, I'm, I'm hungry, do you have any food? You don't respond and tell them, why are you hungry? Don't you have iman? Why? What, what, do you, what do you mean you're hungry? There's still the physical need for food. And just like there's the physical need for food, there's also the mental and emotional need for things as well. Just like our body needs vitamins, right? We need physical vitamins. We need spiritual vitamins, i.e. Quran and Sunnah. We also need emotional vitamins. We also need vitamins for the well-being of our mental health. There, there are several slices to that pizza. It's not just one thing. It's not only do this and that's it. It's also not only physical. Diet and exercise is the only thing that matters. You don't need to talk to a therapist. You don't need to worry about Quran. It's only physical. That's the only solution. No, no, no. We're complicated creatures as human beings. There are different components to the human being and each one has its needs. The Prophet didn't respond in this example by criticizing this man. He didn't get down on him and say, why are you in so much debt? 
You don't know how to manage your money. What's wrong with you? Why are you in so much debt? Don't you fear Allah? Why are you in so much debt? Don't you know this and don't you know that? Just look at the response of the Prophet ﷺ. He did not respond in those ways. He responded prophetically. He responded beautifully. He responded compassionately. He responded wisely. He responded wisely. Because at that point, criticizing someone for getting in debt, that's not going to magically fix the debt. And criticizing someone, anyone, for, for struggling with anything emotionally, depression, anxiety, PTSD, you name it, that's just going to make it worse. That's not what the Prophet did, He responded with a solution. The reality is, this, this is the diagnostic report. This is the diagnosis. There's issue A, there's issue B. Okay, moving forward, what are solutions to these things? The Prophet responded with medicine, The Prophet responded with a solution. He responded with rahmah. He didn't respond with criticism. He didn't kick him while he was down. That was not the nature of the Prophet, Yasira wa la tu'asira, bashira wa la tunafira. Make things easy for people. Facilitate things for people. Facilitate healing for people. Solutions for people. Don't facilitate harshness for people. Don't facilitate ugly character for people. Make things easy. Don't make them difficult. Encourage people. Don't chase them away. The Prophet perfectly embodied this hadith of his, time and time and time again, and this is one example of that. What was the medicine the Prophet assigned him as a spiritual doctor? What, 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 was, what was the formula? What was the, what was the prescription that the Prophet gave him? Again, let's rewind a little bit. The Prophet enters his masjid, and he notices something out of the ordinary. So he thought, let me, let me see what's going on. So he went to investigate. He went to ask the man, you know, what's going on? And the man, he told him honestly, because he felt comfortable talking to the Prophet, and it should really make us think as parents, are our kids comfortable talking to us? If they like a boy or girl at school, are they going to feel comfortable talking to us? Because if they are comfortable talking to us, then we can have that dialogue and that discussion and try to explain that, you know, as, as Muslims, we try to avoid certain things. And this is the wisdom behind it. This is the wisdom behind it. This is the wisdom behind it. Our deen makes sense. And hopefully they walk away understanding that. Okay, I'm, I'm happy we had this discussion, mom. I'm happy we had this discussion, dad. But the prerequisite for that, they have to feel comfortable talking to us in the first place. It's very easy, especially for teenagers, to put up you know, one face to show their mom and dad what they want to see because they know if mom and dad see anything other than this perfect face, even if it's plastic and porcelain, then they're just they're going to flip out and everything is going to break to pieces. Okay, let me maintain this facade, show them what they want to see, but then secretly, there are a lot of other things going on that... that, that Ideally, a person would not be doing. Not just a Muslim, just a human being. But there has to be that bridge. There has to be that communication between the parents and their children as a prerequisite. You find this with the Prophet and the Sahaba, The young man comes to the Prophet, allow me permission to commit zina. In front of the Prophet's with Sahaba. The man, he comes in and he, he, he tells the Prophet, I'm... This, this is a problem that, like, I'm wrestling with this. Can you just give me permission to just go and do it? 
I'm trying to put up a fight. I'm trying to, you know, not go down that path. But, you know, he asked the prophet for permission. And the prophet, he responds wisely, But the fact that this young man even felt comfortable enough to go and have a genuine, honest conversation with the prophet speaks to the prophet's character, He was not afraid that if I, if I go and confess this, this wrestling match that I'm really dealing with, I'm not worried the Prophet's going to smack me, that he's going to hit me, that he's going to get the, you know, the shoe or the slipper, or the belt, or, Ya Rasulullah, permit me to do this. And the Prophet responded, would you want someone to do that with this female family member? No. How about that one? No. How about that one? No. How about that one? No. The Prophet made dua for him. And, and, and this man, he walked away, you know, feeling better than when he entered. And he didn't go and fall into that. So the Prophet gave him medicine. What was the prescription the Prophet gave this man who was struggling with worry, struggling with debt? The Prophet advised him to say one time in the morning and one time in the evening. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from worry and grief. Wa'a'udhu bika min al-ajazi wal-kasal. And I seek refuge in you from incapacity and from laziness. Wa'a'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhl. And I seek refuge in you from cowardice and from stinginess. And I seek refuge in you from being, from being overcome by debt and overpowered by people. So there are eight things, and they're broken down in four pairs. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan, wa a'udhu bika min al-ajazi wal-kasal, wa a'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhl, wa a'udhu bika min ghalabat al-dayni wa qahr al-rijal. The Prophet responded by mentioning this prescription, by teaching him this prescription, <clears throat> So the man, he, he, he took the medicine. He didn't take it, leave it in the medicine cabinet at home, and, and then he continued complaining about his issue. No, he was given the prescription from the doctor, the best doctor ever, And he did that, and then he would say later on, I did this, and Allah relieved me of my worries, and Allah relieved me of my doubt. I want to encourage myself and hopefully everyone here, honestly even one other person here, to, to take two ideas and let's make the intention to put them into practice. If someone's already doing it, may Allah make it easy to continue. And if someone is not doing it, may Allah facilitate things for them to start doing these two things. Number one is to connect with this dua. You may find other versions of it if you look it up. Alhamdulillah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all, you know, light from the Prophet. Siraja Munira. It's all beneficial. Alhamdulillah. So number one, to connect with this dua. Regardless of how things are going. Because if things are going good, we want to be protected from these things. And if things are going not so good, then we want our situation to improve. So regardless of, of you know, what those points are on the map, regardless of the latitude and longitude in terms of where we may or may not be at in our lives, all of us will definitely benefit from connecting with this du'at morning and evening. 
So that's number one. Let's connect with this dua morning and evening. That's number one. And then number two, to increase in our salawat on the Prophet Something practical. Practical. Do it ten times in the morning, ten times in the evening. Do it one time in the morning, one time in the evening. If, if you want to do more than that, you want to do a hundred in the morning, a hundred in the evening, a thousand in the morning. To each their own. But through doing that, hopefully what happens is our hearts become softer and they start to incline more and more towards loving the Prophet more and more. And hopefully the more we love the Prophet, then the more we learn about the Prophet. And hopefully the more we learn about the Prophet, the more we walk like the Prophet, talk like the Prophet, treat others like the Prophet. Like in this example, the Prophet gave a solution. The Prophet gave a, he gave a prescription. He gave a dose of mercy, and this man benefited from it tremendously, and likewise, we will benefit if we connect with this practice. We ask Allah to accept this dua from us here and now. We ask Allah to relieve us of any struggles that we're dealing with. We ask Allah to protect us from any challenge that we may be wrestling with. We ask Allah to make things easy for us, and we ask Allah to accept this dua from us here and now. Allahumma collectively for all of us, O oh Allah, all of us, we ask you, Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan, wa na'udhu bika min al والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال. We ask Allah to protect all of us from the eight things mentioned in this du'a. We ask Allah to help us to connect with this du'a morning and evening. We ask Allah to help us, and we ask Allah to help us to help ourselves in our affairs as best we can to show Allah that we're we're taking the means, but we also recognize, Ya Allah, that you're the one. You are the one who facilitates any positive results that may come from the efforts that we're trying to put in. We thank Allah for His blessings. We ask Allah for His forgiveness. For anyone struggling with any depression, any anxiety, any PTSD, anything whatsoever, we ask Allah to help them and to turn the hardship into ease to turn that darkness into light. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Inna Allah ya'muru bil'adi wal-ihsani wa ita'i dhil-qurba wa yanha'al-fahshai wal-munkari wal-baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakirun wa aqimu salam.